Hey, welcome to Positive Spark Plug. I'm your host, Candace, and I'm so excited for you to be joining me today. For on today's episode, I have Amanda Brush back, and we talk life since the last time she was on the podcast. It's been two years, and this girl has gone through a journey. We talk going through divorce. We talk about training for a triathlon. We talk about running the world championship Ironman. We talk about how to get your mind right, how to set your intentions, how to get yourself out of just going through the motions of the day and living intentionally, living with purpose and showing up authentically the way that you desire and creating the life that you want and deserve. In this episode, we get real, we get raw, and we get honest, and it's just phenomenal, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So let's get going. Hello, Amanda. Welcome back to the Positive Spark Plug podcast. I'm so excited to be reconnecting with you. It has been two years uh, since you've been on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Which is crazy. Yes. A lot of amazing things has happened um, throughout that journey, a lot of ups and downs. Um, And I would like to dive deep into it because you girl have some extraordinary stories to tell within your life and I'm sure the listeners would get some great lessons insights and inspirations from you um, but before um, I dive into what we um, haven't gotten to in the last two years just for some fun what are your three favorite emojis right now that best describe you Oh man. Uh, let's see. Three favorite emojis right now. Um, the little purple devil with the smile. That's okay. <laughs> uh, because anytime like I can scare my roommates or do something like that right now and get a laugh out of people, um, that seems to be pretty good. So that one, um, oh, I'm going to look at my most used emojis right now and, and let you know what, what's in there. Um, the, uh, the girl that's, like, faceplant, like, has her hand on her forehead, the faceplant emoji, that's definitely another one, and then, um, the smiley with the little hearts around it, so I don't know what that one is, but, like, somehow, like, when people send me cute pictures of dogs or, like, babies or whatever, that's, that's, like, my response right now, I'm like, oh, there's hope, there's life after all this, (laughs) so, um, yeah. So those are my top three right now. Amazing. I love it. I love it. I figure with all that we're we're going through right now, I figure one of the best ways for my listeners to get to know my guests and just have some fun is um, why not pick the emojis that best describe them. Um, So since last talking to you, you have been training a lot for triathlons. (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) <laughs> are an Ironman champion of like the world correct if I'm did I read that I mean, right yes yeah, so I went to Ironman world championships participated completed um I think I was the third female in my age group to finish in the U.S. so that was pretty exciting about um 
Con- wow. considering everyone that was there and uh that you know that race uh takes place in Hawaii and it's just unreal and people told me that going into it and I was like yeah yeah like it's gonna be cool it's everybody and it truly is just a magical experience and um I'm so blessed to have gotten there and made it to the start line because I know there's plenty of people who who don't ever make it there or whose journeys to the start line get interrupted. Um, and honestly, like I, I've been looking, following people for this year who qualified and don't know if they're going to make it because of the situation we're in. And so I just feel super blessed to have made it there. My whole family was there. My closest supporters and friends were there. And um, it was just, it was a truly incredible experience. So I completed both uh, half Ironman and, and uh Ironman World Championships last year and uh which was which was insane. They're about a month apart. So was in France Woo! for yeah, for half Ironman World Championships and then was in Kona for Ironman World Championships and then it was like, okay, where <laughs> what's next? What are we gonna do? Um so yeah, yeah. Wow. That that is holy that's so exciting and quite a, like what a story to be able to, to tell and and to live um but with all with all those races it's not just like race day comes and and you're there um in our last episode we talked a lot about training but i would like to to dive a little bit more deeper into that because i know throughout all training especially with something that huge um, there takes a lot um, to go into it. So what what does a day of training look like for you? Um, I'm going to give you the non-quarantined version because currently <laughs> uh, training looks a little bit differently um, than it normally does. But just like in training for that event and training um, – now it's I mean it's pretty typical for me to train about 20 hours to 25 hours a week um that's pretty common feels pretty normal right now but that requires a lot of of movement of planning of scheduling in um so it's usually depending on the day for four or five days out of the week it's get up early and go to the pool before work and get in the swim um and then a lot of days I'll go going to work for a couple hours I work as a personal trainer and teach classes and so going to work for a couple of hours um or go back home and do a run or a bike depending on which one is the key workout of the day um and sometimes it's a, an hour bike and it's intervals sometimes it's a recovery bike sometimes it is a two and a half hour ride on a Tuesday who knows um just depends on the day um and then, uh, or the runs, and then I may have two runs that day. The most, uh, runs I've done in a day, I've done three. I did a triple run day, um, at Ooh. one point in time a couple months ago. Um, and then it's, it's kind of all about scheduling in, like eating enough food, hydrating enough, uh, my second cup of coffee and, you know, the important <laughs> things in life. And then, um, getting getting those workouts in and then usually working again in the evening or connecting I train a lot of athletes as well so connecting with them um and talking them through their workouts or what happened 
uh, in their their plan for the day and um, and then trying to get enough sleep <laughs> as well and settle down and get and then still manage some a semblance of a life and social life and clean and and get all the bills paid and everything else so um, that's a pretty typical day uh, quarantine looks a little bit different because we're we're here at home so I am fortunate enough that one of my teammates had an endless pool that I could use so I go swim by myself I just show up open the pool get in the pool so do my swim and then leave which is really awesome um, and then you know to the, depending on the day the other day I had a three-hour ride outside with a 20-minute run right after some days it's a double run some days it's an interval run uh, today's a recovery day because the weekend is pretty big so today was an easy hour bike and I'll do an easy run after we're done podcasting and then get to go from there and try and get to bed early tonight. So, um, but yeah, so it's pretty much a lot of just, uh, training is a part-time job. And so however many hours you would think you would spend doing a part-time job, that's essentially what I do for training. Wow. And then you also do your training. Now, you have, you had Thrive Fit. I believe it was brick and motor at one point, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. so it's now it's all online, correct? Because all, you, online. Mm-hmm. all online. So how did I, how how was transferring that over? Um, it was necessary at the time. So, um, in I uh started traveling more as a master trainer, and so working for Matrix Fitness, for Start Fitness, for Water Rower, and the amount of travel that I was doing for them. Uh, just was not conducive anymore to having a brick and mortar location. And so I was able, while I was still living in Ohio where the studio was to kind of transfer things to being online and do some in, in home training with people. Um, I would go to their workplaces if they had gyms and, and kept my clients that way and would send them workouts while I was traveling, but then was traveling the rest of the time. So it was kind of back and forth that way. Um, and then since then I've moved from, Ohio to Indianapolis and um so here I work out of a few different studios but usually as a contractor um so I still have Thrive Fit I still have the business online um and have especially down during uh COVID-19 and and the uh quarantine I've done uh, a little bit of online training especially with even people from before in Ohio and um, 100 Days of Core with Amanda is a new pro- program that I put out. So abs with AB, um, okay. and super fun. Yeah. So the first round of that is, let's see, I think we're on day 33, 34 together. Ooh, so yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, put that program back out again. I think that'll be a continuous thing that I run now. Um, and yeah, so it, it, you know, in some ways, it was a little scary, um, but at the same time, like, it was a pretty seamless transition, and, and that's one of those things that, um, I, as I look back at this series of events that, like, now led up to even just the coronavirus, and, um, I kind of laugh because I, in 2018, I think that's when we spoke, right, and so I was training for this big Ironman race to qualify for world championships. I qualified for world championships. Super awesome. Um, and then, um, I, uh, I went through a divorce and after being married for 
five years. And so that uh, was supposed to be a simple process. And it wasn't quite the process that uh, I thought it was going to be. And so instead of being done in January of 2019, it was done after World Championships in November of 2019. <laughs> and uh, and so in that time, like, I kind of just... Um, I existed. And I think that's funny for me to say because a lot of people were like, we had no idea. Or like, I mean, we knew your name changed, but like, you still were crushing it. And I, I remember talking to some of my friends in Indiana and talking to them at the beginning of 2020. And I was just like, man, like, yeah, like I still got a lot done and because I'm a productive person and, and I can, I highly function even in times of stress for the most part. But like, but man, I was just like, I, 2019, like, yeah, I did these awesome things and I, I went on these awesome adventures and I got to do all this awesome stuff. I was like, but like the year just left me like empty and wanting more. And they were like, okay, like un unpack this a little bit more. Right. And so, and I was just like, I just, like, I didn't grow. I feel like I just existed and people were like, and so a lot of people that sounds funny because we're like, I mean, you went to world championships, you did all yeah. these things, like you got yeah. like, but how do you think like that didn't sound like I just I feel like I just got through life and and I did it well, like it, I'm not ashamed of it. I wouldn't change anything per se. I think I needed some time just to kind of exist, but at the same time, um, like. I looked at people and I was like, man, like, I don't want that for 2020. Like, I want to grow and I want to push and I want to heal and I want to challenge myself and I want to do all of this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. like, here we come 2020, right? And like, I'm going to try and qualify to race as a professional and I'm going to do all this stuff. And like, this is going to be my year 2020. And then March hit and <laughs> where <laughs> everything shut down. And I was like, yeah. I, I, and I, I like remember being almost angry at first and um and like lost of like well, wait a minute like January and February like I was crushing it and like I did feel like I healed and I was doing all this stuff and I, I and then and then this happened and like I don't like to slow down nor do I want to slow down yeah. and and I was just and and who knows when races are gonna happen and now I'm unemployed and I'm doing and I'm like I'm in a new city and this isn't fair. <laughs> and and yes. I just, you know, I've done these, these strength tests and everything and, and, and character tests and, and things over the years. And fairness is one of my big things. So I really struggled at first with like, this isn't fair. This was supposed to be my year and this is not fair. fair. Um, and yeah. And like, and that's what, <laughs> um, people like, like are like, Hey, you know, like, what are your feelings coming from all this? I'm like, it's not fair. Like I, <laughs> I was supposed to crush it this year, and now I'm stuck at home. I can't do anything. I can't see people. Like I thrive off of just being in like elevators with people and not talking to them. Like I mean, it's like the things that I can't do right now. I was like, this is really, really, really tough for me. And I, I also understand it's tough for everyone, but. At the same time, I was like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be me focused for a minute and sit here. Um, and, and so I started thinking about, um, of things that like over the past 
year and a half, two years in this major life change and everything. And I started thinking about how complacent I was in 2019. And I was like, okay, like, I literally can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I can't leave. I can't escape my feelings and my, and, and anything of that by being busy. Right. And so like yeah. the, there's all the quotes of, of stopping the glorification of busy. Yes. And, and I think I use busy as a coping mechanism essentially. And so I, I lived a super busy life for a long time. And, and I mean, goodness, I was gone every weekend in January and February, like good luck getting back to me. Like I was just like, peace, I'm out again. Like I'm in Alaska. I'm in San Francisco. I'm in Georgia. Yes. And people were just like, how do you know where you are? I was like, I don't Apple calendars, like for the win. Um, yeah. And, and so all of a sudden I was forced into this time of just stop. Like you have to sit here and like, and you're going to learn, you're going to learn, re-explore, like re-explore all the ugly that you thought you had dealt with. It's going to come out right now because it comes back in quarantine, let me tell you. And it's, it's yes. not pretty. <laughs> I, I find, I find quarantine is is only legitimately bringing up whatever's already in you. It's not making you a different person. It's just bringing up stuff that's already been in you, um, past experience, past emotions. It's just, it's bringing it up to the surface. A hundred percent. And so, um, so yeah, so I've been now like sitting in quarantine, right? And like dealing with things. And I actually, like I started writing. Um, it's been on my list for a while. You know, our, Mutual friends, Stephanie and Ken, like I had sent them a draft of like the first chapter of a book I thought I was going to write and a while ago. I mean, it was, oh, it was probably 2018. Honestly, it might have even been 2017. And her advice, like, you know, write a little bit every day. Guess how much I wrote between now and then? None. Zero. Zero. (laughs) Um, And so like. I sat there one night and couldn't sleep and I just, I got up, I turned my laptop on and I opened up the book and I started writing and I was like, wow, yeah, like, yeah, like this is, and I, I decided right then and there, like, this is how I was going to heal. Um, and this is, this is where some of that was going to take place. And I started unpacking, like, why, why I had closed myself off to love, like different things, like different things that really, really need to be like, they're. They're the ugly, right? And so, like, yeah, when I was coming into this and being like, this isn't fair and it's not fair for me and nobody else gets my situation, um, being able to start to unpack some of that and, and, uh, shift my perspective and, uh, understand and then, and then being okay with not being okay. Like, yes. because you can't just busy yourself out of it. Like, there's only so many times you can scrub your toilets in quarantine before you're yeah. like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, so all of a sudden, like I was forced to sit there and there would be days like that I would just normally when you have a schedule and you have people like who need to see you in person, like you can get up, you can put your pants on and you can go. Oh, and yeah. I was like, there were days like I was just laying on like my kitchen floor, like, what have I got to do? This is what like, do I, yeah. <laughs> what is there? Like, this is dumb. I'm annoyed. I don't. And so I, um, 
I, I finally started like dealing with some of that and also being okay with just not being okay and yes. realizing like it was okay for me to be mad and upset because like we're grieving the loss of normal. And I yep. think that was huge for me to understand, like to put words to it of like, this is, this is scary. Like we yep. don't know. Um, I had to relinquish that like there was no way I was going to be in control of this ever. Um, no. And I, and I like to be in control of all my situations and I just, I don't like, I don't get to be in control of this and there, there doesn't get to be an end date. And so I told people that as well. And so there were certain things like even in my training, I had to go talk to my coach, like text my coach about having like, okay, you're going to have a three week build in, in terms of training and then one week recovery. Right. Because I, and I told him, he's like, well, we're kind of doing that. I was like, I need to see it because yeah. I think with quarantine feels so unending that like, yeah. I need to know that the work here, like, I can push as long as I know that there's an end in sight and that I'm going to get actual time. And so just putting those labels down, like game changer for me. And so it's starting to like, like put labels to things and realize like what I need and to be able to ask for people and to be able to then set boundaries too and be like, I'm sorry. I understand that everybody wants to zoom happy hour. Like the, you know, that was like the first week of yeah. quarantine. That's all we did. And I was like, I can't because I don't want more busy in my life. Like, yes, I miss my people, but I miss deep and meaningful conversation, not just like countless hours of, uh, yeah, (laughs) hey, 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 and I wasn't good anymore. So I was going and then sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. So I had to limit limit screen time, limit social media, um, more so than normal, just because like, I couldn't deal with just the constant bombarding of everything. And and I was like, okay, like, this is for me, like, I'm very much an extroverted person, but this is not the way I extrovert. And so I had to shut it down. I had to say like, politely decline some zoom events and just be like, I'm sorry, I can't like, this is not what's best for me right now. Um, and and I think so like learning to set new boundaries and learning um, even the way things that I thought I had dealt with that, that then came back during quarantine. I was like, wait a minute. I thought I had mastered this. Like we thought like I thought divorce life like this is this was over and done with. And now it's not like now it's coming back. And so um, uh, perfectionism is a huge thing for me and where I think a lot of my issues come from. And. And that's what I've discovered. And so, like, there was a lot of me that then also during this time was like, but, like, I need to be, you know, the perfect personal trainer in quarantine. And I need to have this. And I don't want to waste any time. And I don't want to spend all this time putting stuff online and then not be that way when I. And so, like, there was this very much, like, a struggle for me of, like, I have to be productive. And I have to do this. And I have to get this much done because, like, that's what everybody expects me to do to like them sitting there one day and literally naming it with a friend on, on zoom, right. Who I was actually having a meaningful conversation with. And I was just like, Hmm, I, I need to like, (laughs) I need to not do that. Like I, it's okay if I get nothing done today. And they were like, yeah, it is like, it's okay. And so 
even just um, the mental stress that all of this causes. And like when you're not even thinking, you know, that's the, I think that's the craziest part of this that I have found is like, I'll be fine one minute. And I feel like everybody says this. And then like the next minute, you're just like, the world is yep. ending. I don't know what to do. I can't take it. And, and you're just in this moment of panic. And I'm like, okay. So like, and that's stressful to the body and, and the mind and everything. And so, um, I definitely like, there's been days where I've also texted my coach and been like, Hey, like life is a lot today. Nothing like no earth shattering things have happened. It just feels like a lot today. So I need to take this workout down for like my health today. And, but honestly, like we have no races on like the near horizon. So it's okay. Right. Like where yes. today, like I need to get outside. Like this is just, I know you want me to do this right on the trainer and indoors, but like, Right now, I need to get outside, and I need to yeah. be in the sunshine because that's, like, it's sunny today, and it hasn't been sunny yeah. for a couple of days, so, like, I'm going to get outside. So, I think those are just things um that, like, getting rid of the busy, and so that's the other thing is, like, has allowed me to heal, and I am so now looking at quarantine and being very grateful um, for this time, not that I ever want to go through this ever again, um, or wish this upon anyone, but like, I think looking back on it, we do have this opportunity to come out of it stronger and better, um, and than we were before. And, and so for me, like, this is not the way I thought I would grow in 2020 and be productive yeah. and come away and say, yes. I have got this. I am like brush 3.0, right? Like, yes, this yeah. is awesome. Um, but I honestly do believe it was like the best way that this could have happened. And I hate saying that because I also despise this entire thing <laughs> yeah. with all of my being. But like, but it was when I look at it now, I'm like, this was exactly what I needed. And there were other like, life circumstances that like I needed to slow down and I needed to be able to like have to sit with the bad and the ugly and and not run away essentially and not be yeah. and not busy it away um and I think that is like it's one of the the super cool things that I'm forever going to be grateful for um from this experience but and I think it'll change like it'll it will forever have shaped the way I I interact with the world and, and interact with my people um and even myself post uh quarantine and how I've started um doing this but it's um it's definitely it's it, it I think there can be silver lining in all of this 100%. but like I people who are listening to this like I mean I like I'll just I, I I missed out on, I was supposed to be gone every weekend. I was supposed to be in Germany at FIBO. I was supposed to be at Ursa in San Diego in March. Like I missed out on every big trip that I was pumped for this year. Um, I like, which for me is the main part of my income. So I'm like technically unemployed right now. And I went from like all of this, um, thankfully like have savings and, and 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 so we're good right like so I'm blessed for that regards but like I I your world this, has been flipped yeah like my like, like and I I understand everybody's world has changed but my world stopped like yeah. and, like and you, a lot of people you brain a lot um not just at home but with with clients at like at their facilities you not only train but like you're your coaching doesn't just 
isn't just triathlon. Like, you're a water rower coacher. Like, you're a head coach of Matrix. Like, you coach in multiple different ways of fitness. And, like, they demand a lot of you in all different ways. So for it to just completely stop, I can understand how how difficult it must be because for me I'm not traveling everywhere and going mine is like the gym and at home or maybe a friend's house or maybe a little traveling here and there and just having to stop just those little things I'm already like like oh my (laughs) god I need to go somewhere like I need that little travel just to and from work like that's just a part of what helps me stay sane and you wouldn't think that until it's gone (laughs) until it's gone yeah and that's what like I have said to people like I I mean this turned my world upside down um and I you know had to deal with the comments from people who are like look at you you get like a a month-long vacation and I was like um yeah it's not a vacation for me not a vacation like I don't like this I'm not at the beach I'm not like I'm not getting paid, like, and so that was another thing for me, it was, like, people would say, like, I have some friends who are still getting paid, and be, and can work from home, or are getting paid by their companies, because their companies are super awesome, and don't have to work at all, and I'm, like, so, like, I was, like, yo, you have a paid vacation, I do not, <laughs> like, not this is not how this works, um, for me, and so, it, it was one of those things, again, it came down to fairness, like, I had to, to realize, like, okay, like, yes, they're still working, you're not, and not that it's not fair, and well, yeah. then life is not always fair, okay, so, okay, so we, we bought, like, through that part, um, and then it was just, like, okay, but you're okay, and you, like, you have a support system if you're not okay, and what can you do now to, like, to grow, and I very much, um, did work on a lot of self-growth because again like I said I felt like in 2019 I did a lot of things but I didn't actually grow and so I do feel like in the past month that like my self-growth has grown incredibly um which is awesome I think it's so did it take you keep going sorry I can ask I think it's gonna gonna make me a better racer and a better trainer and just like even even just to be able to slow down after all of this and like feel like it's okay for everything not to get done because I can like I can also appreciate that some days I just have to sit with my feelings and emotions and like process through them and that's okay and so I like I'm almost I mean I'm over this like it could end tomorrow and I'd be like yes let's do this but I am excited to see how this changes me going forward and like how this looks in my life and how this how I show up um and in some days with more I think a lot of it is grace to myself like it doesn't have to be perfect um I've worked uh very hard on on taking that perfectionism out of training and using this as like showing up is what matters like being consistent every day in showing up at with a hundred percent effort is good. Yeah. Does that mean my my level is at a hundred percent? No. Like some days my hundred percent effort is fifty percent of what I could am probably capable of and that's okay. But I still show that. Yes. And so I think that's been one of those things that's really gonna stick with me too is just like I was consistent before. Um that's just 
it's it's what it takes to be an Iron Man, right? Like consistency, yeah. consistency, consistency, showing up. But having to do that and like reframing the mental process around it of like it doesn't have to be perfect, it just has to be perfect effort. And like so if all I have today is fifty percent, great. Um and I think naming that too, like and going into it and saying like, hey, like rough night last night or you got a text like from your mom wearing PPE at work and like and and you're just like oh my family isn't the all of my family lives in New York. (laughs) Super great. All of them. Wow, yeah. Every single one of them lives in New York. And uh and like so dealing with that stressor of like, okay, they're in worse shape than I am. Like they've got not I mean thankfully they've all have been healthy. But, like, I worrying about them. And so, like, okay, like, we had this super serious family discussion last night. And showing up this next morning, like, my brain is tired. So my workout capability today is going to be less and that's okay. Um, and then other days knowing when, like, when I'm good. And, like, being, like, okay, we're going to crush this today. And yes. that's how it's going to go. And, and, like, and celebrating those days, too. Like, I think there are different different ways to to just celebrate like the days that before i'd be like oh yeah like it was a good day but like i still could do more like two years ago rested tapered and racing and like and i'm like but i just did the same thing on a training day in march april whatever it happens to be april right now um and and being like okay like let's celebrate that like let's celebrate that one today so um, yeah. Um, with speaking of consistency and, and going back to the year of you, where you kind of felt like you were kind of complacent, you're just going through, you're just really busy. Do you find that, that sometimes consistency is key and yes, but what you're consistent in is very also key because you, you can be consistent in being busy. So how did you manage to find yourself feeling compliant with just being busy? Like you were just going through the motion. Did you feel it on and off or all of a sudden was it like you woke up and you're like, wow, I just don't feel fulfilled? Because those moments happen or was it kind of like every once in a while you're like, I just don't feel like I'm getting anything, but this is what my training says I have to do or this is what my relationship because I'm in the midst of it may be in the midst of being in the relationship in the midst of divorcing um so I have to stay consistent how do you like how did a was it a a kind of dabble on to find out that you felt like that year was a year of just kind of busy and not growth or was it just kind of like a wake up everything has happened and you're like wow that year just went by and nothing kind of fulfilled me. Somebody set their car alarm off right outside my window. Hold on. Um, okay. Well, maybe setting the window will make that a little bit better. Okay. So um, for everybody who just heard the obnoxious car alarm, um, there you go. Welcome to downtown living. Um, so... In some ways, I didn't, I, I couldn't put a name on it. Um, and in other ways, and like, I think I knew. So I, um, 
when I was training for my Ironman the first time, I was married. Um, not my first Ironman, but when I was training to qualify for world championships, I was married. And I was married to a person who I truly believe didn't think I could do it. Um, and who basically was rooting against me every day. And I knew that. And so I also am the type of person, and I know this, who if you tell me I can't do something, it makes me want to do it more. <laughs> and yes. so I woke up every day of 2018 saying, essentially, screw you, I'm going to do this. Um, and that's, that's really great and super motivating for a period of time. It's not yeah. And that's what I have come to find out. So what I struggled with in 2019 was I didn't necessarily have that reminder every day anymore because, I mean, I wasn't waking up like, trust me, he still wanted me to fail. And that's a whole nother story. But like, I wasn't waking up every day next to the person who wanted me to fail. There wasn't that constant um, reminder of like, you are, are going to fail. And I'm being like, yeah, I'm going to show you. Um, and instead, I was surrounded by people who believed in me. Um, and that was harder for me to be motivated because I, um, I was, you're used to, you're used to, you're used to forming that, that thrive kind of from a negative energy. So yeah. for that to shift, it was probably a, a weird, a weird scenario for you. Well, and, and we unpacked that a little bit during 2019 and I realized like I had relied and closed off so much of of love and acceptance and that I was worthy of anything because of the relationship I was in and and it was emotionally abusive and there were plenty of other reasons but like I had so closed off my wall of being like allowing people to do stuff for me and being involved that what I did was like yeah like it was the I'm, I'm gonna prove you wrong type of mentality in everything that I do and that was very driving very unhealthy but then when all of a sudden I didn't have that reminder every day anymore. And so then the motivation to show up when you have people who believe in you, but you don't even necessarily believe in yourself um, was, was really tough. And so like in that regard, I think that's where like I could name those things. And like, there was a lot that I had to work through. Right. And I, I remember being on my bike like last March, um, March of 2000, so like a year ago and sobbing one day uncontrollably because I had listened to a motivational YouTube thing and it was starting to get slow. I almost turned it right. And then all of a sudden the speaker came on and he was like, forgive and grow. And I was like, and it hit me. And I still like, I just got chills right now. Like, because I remember that day so much. And I, I sent a text to my coach um, and I was just like, I haven't forgiven him. Like I had not forgiven my ex-husband and he was like, okay. And I was like, but more importantly, I haven't forgiven myself because I blame myself for marrying him, for making a mistake in my mind. Like I blame myself for this and I'm, I'm processing through this, like, but I don't know how to process that because like, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I, and I, sat there and I was just like I I don't know how to go through all of this in my head 
Um, and I, and so we, and we talked through a bunch of things in 2019, right? And I could name them like, okay, forgiveness. And I had to write that down. And I wrote him a, a forgiveness note in my journal that, no, I have not mailed to him, but like, but I wrote it for me. And I wrote, how, a note did, to how did that make you feel? Better. But Better. like, I still couldn't, I still couldn't completely comprehend all of that, right? And so like, I think in that, that way, that is where I was complacent. Um, and it, it honestly, it took me, I think I needed some time to just kind of sit with that and not necessarily process as well. Like, I think it was good for me to sit in for a little and to, to not be content with being complacent because I think I needed to see that side of me and be like, okay, this is, this was fine. I understand like this, there was a lot of emotional struggle all year long. Um, there was a lot of, of, of hatred and a lot of, of, um, things that were just very ugly, um, that were happening in, in my life around me that I couldn't control. And so, um, but at the same time, I was like, okay, like 2020, it was, it was time. And like, people came into my life who asked me the tough questions. Right. And I would sit there and they're like, Hey, like you reference him a lot in conversation. And I, um, and I was like, well, I mean, yeah, like it was a part of my life. They're like, yeah, but like, it's no longer a part of your life. And I was like, oh. so like, they're like, yeah, like even the divorce or like saying he's, he's a not nice person and calling him names like that needs to go because that means he still has control over your life and he still has power in your life and I was like oh and so like and I I no longer like for a lot of times like it was like well hi I'm a man I'm divorced and I like and I owned that part of it and um and part of that's tricky when you have two names and you're like I, I, who knows like uh, what my name is and and like I would just look at people I'm like I don't know I'm like pick your pick your flavor of the week like we're still trying to fix this I don't know um there was also a lot that I had to do with not being embarrassed about that and like I had to do a lot of that in the process of getting divorced right like to be able to bring yeah. myself to be like okay this is it um and to not worry about like if people were going to tell me I was making a mistake or if people were going to be like, that's right. Like crush it, get out of that. And it was not a good thing. Like it didn't matter. At the end of the day, the only thing that mattered was me waking up with peace in my heart. And that's what I had come to. And so, um, but that being said, like there was a lot that went through that. And, and to the point that I realized pretty early on in 2020 that like, I didn't know what love looked like. I did not. And then like, that was something I've been, I mean, goodness, Stephanie and like her and I had that conversation in 2016 and she asked me to picture what my life would look like. And I pictured a brick wall. If everybody, if oh. I was showed up as a perfectly loved person, what would I see? And I said, Stephanie, I see a brick wall. Um, and I usually get like a really good visual. And I was like, I, I don't know how to love. I don't know how to be loved. And I don't know how to love myself. Um, and, and I think I took steps in that during this whole thing. I think in 2020, meeting some of the people who I met moving, um, and actually the person I'm currently dating now was the one who asked me the question and it was like, 
okay, like, you said this, like, this was a question you worked through, like, how have you worked through that? And I was like, yeah, I don't think I can actually answer that question yet. And so, like, we did. Like, we had a lot of follow-up conversations for a long time, just as friends with life stuff and feeling through and being like, yeah, this is how this made me feel. And, like, and talking through things in, in um my previous marriage that, like, I'm like, this this hurt me. And this made me angry. And this made me feel unworthy. And this made me feel like love is only conditional. And, like, I finally part- started putting memes to, like, all these situations in my life make me feel like love is always conditional. Like it's conditional upon what I do and, and, and in me being good at something and in me. And, and that's why. And like, when I realized that that's how I was seen, like seeing myself as being loved um, was through conditions and through how I show up and how, um, which goes back to perfectionism. They're all intertwined. And then I was finally able to start healing um, and I distinctly remember during the, during quarantine, I called my mom one day and I was crying and I, I mean, I don't cry uh, ever. And I like, I sobbed for like four hours one morning and I called her and she was like, what? And I was like, I, I, I think I, I love again. Like, I think I can, I, cause I, I hurt this morning. Like I hurt and, and I was like, and I can feel hurt. And if I can feel hurt, that means I cared. And I'm mad at myself for caring about my <laughs> And she was like, you're what? And I was like, I'm really angry right now. And she was like, Amanda, you're angry? And I was like, yes. I was like, because I've spent a lot of time being very careful that I don't care about anything. Because caring means hurt in my mind. Yeah. And I was like, and I got hurt real bad. And she's like, but this is like, isn't this what you tell people like on your Instagram? Like I read those posts, Amanda, like, aren't you supposed to care? Yes. And I'm really mad about it because now I can do it. And once you care, you can't go back. And she was just like, so can we celebrate this now? And after I like got done with that, I was like, yeah, like this is, this is a really huge thing. Like I can care and I can love again. And I, and I hurt for people. And that's what it came down to, right? Like, it was that, like, all of a sudden I looked at the people around me who were suffering. And, like, I couldn't just be like, yeah, whatever. It's just about me. I was like, I hurt for you. Like, I feel like when you called me, that friend who called me and was like, I and got hurt. I was like, I felt that hurt and I did not expect that I could feel hurt and so it was awesome it was this major breakthrough um but I think like when I started working through some of that in January is when I fully realized that I hadn't done that in 2019 and so like it's kind of like um removing some of those bricks yeah, it's it's definitely it's tearing down that brick wall, um, and putting putting new walling up, but like in a different in a good way, right? Because like we still need a foundation and we still need um a, an empire. Like that's yeah. um you know I love me some some three hundred in Roman history and all this. So like I, whenever I think of that quote, like Rome wasn't built in a day, but they worked on it every day, and I'm like yes. But here's the deal, like there's a good type of brick wall and there's one that's not so good. And, and I needed yeah. to tear down the one that wasn't good. And once you tear it down, you can see, 
And so, like, as I started to take out those bricks and, like, little pieces of the chopping and everything in it, then all of a sudden I started to be able to see. And once you see, it's a blessing and a curse because now you can't go back. And you have what to deal you, with even... What were, you started, what were you starting to see when you started... First off, what were some of the bricks that you were removing that you felt that you needed to remove? And what did you start seeing once you removed them? So I think I realized, um, you know, that um, perfectionism was a brick and um, appearances were a brick and living um, inauthentically, um, which I think I had started to work on that one a long time ago. but um recognizing um using uh like exercise as a coping mechanism and I hate to say that because I love exercise and I think it's super great but like using busy the glorification yeah. of busy like these are all bricks that I was like these aren't necessarily bad things like I do think I'm a person who's been given talents to be busy and like that's good and I can manage it and I do it really well and I'm like yes this is good, but there's also a shadow side to it. And yeah. I was, so what I had to do is take all of those things and unpack the bad and then like put that brick back in, but like with the new pretty mortar, like it's like a restoration project. Essentially. Yeah, like a transparency um, brick. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, that's, I love that. Um, I'm going to steal that one. And yes. so I think that's my, like, and once you start seeing that and being able to recognize it and put a name to it, and that's what I think it more comes down to is like, once you can own it, um, then you can deal with it or you can just face it. And so the days like where I was upset, I could sit there and be like, okay, what about this day is upsetting me? As like, well, I don't have control of my situation today. And so for me, control is a brick. Like I want to be in control. I want to be the leader. I don't like being number two. I never have. I'm a firstborn. It is what I like. <laughs> it is my existence. Um, and so when I was able to note that and be like, okay, you're not in control, but what can you control today? And I can control how I show up. So yes. today and like, and naming those things and writing them down, um, journaling uh, like I have written for the book that I am going to write I have written for things that people will never see because nobody should ever see some of my thoughts um yeah. and like and I have written notes to other people um and, and that I will give to them and and like in different things and have sent them um I have a, like written notes of appreciation I have talked through things with my family like it's just all these things and being able to show up in that regard um, and, and name it and be like, okay, this is why this is bothering me. And it almost makes you hungry for more. Like it sat, like I sat there and I was like, okay, like now I want to keep growing. So like, and not in a way of like lock myself in a room with self-help books and just keep going, but it's like, what else can I do? Okay. When, when I'm feeling anxious or when I'm feeling even when I'm feeling happy, like yep. what, what is, what's the backing behind this? Like what, yes. why does this bring me satisfaction or what is like, what, what's the issue here? Why is this bothering me? Why does this not sit well with me? Why does this sit fine with me? Like, um, and being able to work through that, like it's been really cool and it's been neat to see, um, like I have a friend who I talk to every Thursday in quarantine and we both looked at our growth during this time and we're like man it, 
this is really cool. Now also, how do we keep this in place post quarantine? Like, how yes. do we continue to keep growing when busy comes back? And yes. so, and I think that is like, that's actually this next upcoming week, um, week's work for me is to like, look at routines that I can add in that then my phone, like my phone shuts off at this time does not matter. You will survive without me for the next 12 hours. This is yeah. my time to sleep and to grow. And how does that look? Um, and so, that like when I think about those things now and those are things I can control and and it's a consistency and it's a showing up and like so these are the bricks that I'm starting to put back in that aren't necessarily um that like that some of them are are pieces from yep. bricks that I put in before but they're they're the restored bricks they're the the refurbished bricks they're the the things bricks that, that help make you you yeah, that had made me me. And so, and again, like, I've been stubborn for forever, right? Like, that is, that is one of my traits. And there are yep. pieces of my stubbornness that are bad. And I can look at the shadow side of being stubborn, um, and I have to deal with that, and I have to recognize it. And I have to know when, like, Amanda, you're being unreasonably stubborn, or there are other times when I go, okay, like, this is when stubborn is good. And, yeah. And 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 when you need someone in your corner, you're gonna want me to be real. <laughs> um, and so, uh, that like those bricks can be put back in. They're just put back in with this this new knowledge of like, yeah, this is this is Amanda. This is who you are. But like, now we've unpacked it. And when you know this, like, and when you know what your brick is made of, and you can see that as well, like, you're a lot more confident in the yes. foundation and you're building in your empire so that when things come again because i said goodness gracious if, if you believe and and i do believe that everything in our life happens for a reason and like the things of your past have just prepared you for what's to come and i'm like okay yep. like i thought i'm like okay uh i had some thyroid issues some health issues i'm like okay this is great and that helped me slow down a little enough to like start working on myself to be able to deal with a divorce and I'm like okay divorce like we're good I got this like what could possibly be next oh let's quarantine and unemployment like sure that's <laughs> all right let's let's yeah. do that um and I I looked at uh, somebody the other day and I was just like if everything's preparing us for something what's next <laughs> like yes. oh man like yes. that's real fun um, so, but I think like, that's the cool thing is that you just keep building that wall, the good wall, um, back up and like, and you build this empire and it's the empire of yourself. Um, and, and that's a cool thing. Like, but empires are also meant to have people in and to celebrate and to, to have like, and, and they're a boundary, so right? And so, yeah. So like within an empire, there are lots of happy experiences and good things. And yes. they also are meant to keep out the bad. And so yes. I think that's, it's, it's just a really cool metaphor that I've been able to develop, um, during stay at home when you're quarantined in your empire. Um, and, and yes. you get to deal with it. And so I think coming full circle, like it's, it's a really cool thing. Um, and, and I, I, I think that it's, it's, it's an opportunity for all of us to rest hardcore rest um and get some rest and some growth and and to to 
to be changed and to also find creative ways to impact other people's lives as well. Um, be it podcast interviews or Zoom calls or, you know, the, the notes that you write to people or just realizing like, man, I'm just really grateful, like, that I saw you every Tuesday morning at the coffee shop, like, and yeah. and you forget, like, just the simple interactions that you have with people, how special those are. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, with, like, with all of this, like, it, it it's a lot of mindset, like, you, a, a lot of, what, like, your divorce, how you went about it with your mind, your training because your training didn't stop while you were in divorce. It wasn't like, Hey guys, I got to not train because I'm in the middle of divorce. You still raced and you still coached. How, how was it for you to, to transfer your mind into all of those different strategies? Was it hard? Did you sometimes flow into other components where you some, like, how did you, compartmentalize uh, your your mental state so that when you were training, you were training, and when you were racing, you were racing, and when you were in the midst of, of doing paperwork and figuring out all the divorce stuff, you were in that, and you weren't thinking of, oh my god, I did that, and I saw through this race, and how did you, how did you keep your mind focused in the areas that were needed throughout the whole hecticness of being busy? Very poorly, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Um, so that's that's um, it's, that's actually a super great question because I think like, and again, this will be like in a in a post or a chapter someday or or something that I put out there is like people thought I had it all together and I was like, y'all don't even know. No. Uh, <laughs> it's not all there. Um, and but like it. So what I would find is like I would have a good week or two and and for me traveling and getting out of my small town and doing um work as a master trainer it was very easy for me to put everything else behind because that was not a thing uh in my life when my ex-husband and I were together. So the master trainer thing happened pretty much right after we separated or like right okay. in the middle of when we were going to and so he was gone or he was still home, but I was gone. And so it was a good distraction, but it was also mine. And it was, they allowed me to identify as Amanda Brush, even though like I would reserve all my flights under my legal name at the time, but like they let me be me. Um, and they let me, um, and they, they were like, Oh, like you're, you want to travel. You don't want to be home. Like, okay, we will send you everywhere. And it was awesome. And it was me and it was mine. And so it was something for me that I could just like leave everything else behind and show up and just do. And that was awesome. Um, at the same, the time, um, training was really hard. Like it was it, physically, yes, but like mentally, it was hard to actually get into training. And I think it comes down to I had removed that like I'll show you mentality. Um, I would, you know, have a bunch of really good weeks of training. Um, and then I would get a letter in the mail from the lawyer that things weren't done or that I was being accused of something, or I would find out, you know, different things had happened. Um, and it always seemed to be like right before a big race or a big workout. Um, and I, I don't know if that was planned or not. Um, but like it would be, 
and I would just be derailed or like I would have a really great workout day where I was in it and I'm like, yes, this was awesome. I crushed it and I would open the mail and there would be something in there. And I just feel like, man, like you're stealing my joy out of all of this. Like I just want a day where like it's not a constant reminder that like this isn't done and, and your your life is not what it used to be. And um so like that I found that it was hardest for me with training to separate them because training was something I did while we were together. So it was very easy for me um to to separate the master trainer and for to separate work. Um for the most part, there were a few days like I would show up and but like I had put everything online, right? Or was going to people's houses and like there were days I would show up and people would ask me questions and so that was a little bit annoying. But for the most part, it was fine. Like people were good. They told me I looked happier and I was like, Yes, I am, like I feel lighter, this is awesome. I didn't realize what I was in. But at the same time, um with training i i really 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 struggled um was it because did it bring up emotions or was it hard to get motivated a little bit of both um motivation no i like i kind of i had a lot of extra time to do that but i think it did like i think emotionally or like i was going into workouts already fatigued um like mentally and so like it's really hard when you've got like push intervals to be there um yeah I struggled a lot with feeling like I wasn't as good as I was the year before or like and and things that we all know right like so when you train and and you're starting heat like at, at the basement level going from basement to third floor is like a huge game. You see, it's a star every day. You're trained, like, you're like, man, wow, I'm crushing it. It's like with weight loss, right? Like the first 50 yep. pounds are the easiest to lose yep. once you get yep. going. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Um, but, but those next steps, like going from the third floor to the fourth floor is a lot harder. And I knew that, right? Like I knew, okay, I'm not going to see the drops in time like I did the year before. But man, that was mentally harder for me. Um, yeah. and so, and, and then being emotionally exhausted anyway, and then trying to have the mental toughness of being like, it's okay. Not every day is a gold star. Like, it's okay. Like, not every day is a new PR was really tough for me. Um, and then I, I was living in Indianapolis for a lot of that just with, with my teammates because they had closed down the pool in my area and all this stuff. And so, living in this different area and I was training with all these guys and so the year before I had trained with people who uh, I was just as fast as maybe faster like I felt like a rock star and I was getting faster and I was like yes like I am the best and so like it was like a like okay or I was training by myself and there's no comparison there and then I moved myself to a place where I and and it was on purpose because I was going to train with the boys who are faster than me to get faster and my coach even sat me down he was like amanda this is going to be tough for you because you like to be the best and you're not going to be the best because testosterone <laughs> is a hell of a drug and i was like yes testosterone is and i know this and blah, 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 i've got this no problem and then sure enough like two weeks later i'm sitting on the side of the road on a run crying in a cornfield because <laughs> i wasn't the best 
And like, and so like that part to me was very mentally tough. Um, because I just, um, I was already emotionally exhausted and like, I found myself saying a lot of times, like I deserve again, fairness. Um, I deserve a win right now. Like I'm going through all this and I like, I just need a good workout. Like I just need to have a good day. I just need a new PR. I just need, and and that wasn't true. Like, you would let me win and la- let yeah. me know that you let me win. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, like, but then I'd be mad, right? So, like, it was yep. a double-edged sword. Like, yeah, like, I know how to cheat numbers and get new PRs, like, on the electronic software, right? But, like, then I'd be mad that I know that yep. I did that. So, like, it was just one of these things where I was, like, then I had to unpack, like, why did I need that, right? So, like, I needed it because at the time, like, I felt like that's what was going to give me worthiness and, and make it, and like, that's not true either. So that's a whole nother thing of like going, but like, at the time being just mentally defeated all the time, um, it, you know, it, it, middle of our divorce, I had been told by the, the magistrate in the courtroom that I would never make it and that I was stupid for making this decision and that I was, like that I shouldn't and by by a person who is supposed to be unbiased and oh my so, god so when you're going through that and like and you're you're and again like there's part of me that's like when I make it I will show yeah. you um and I've since changed that mentality right because <laughs> that's not the healthy response like she doesn't yep. Her, her knowing that I have been okay and am successful means nothing, adds nothing to my success and my self-satisfaction and my self-worth. And so, but at the time, like, all I wanted then was those gold stars on training peaks and, and which is the software I use. And, and I wanted those PRs because like, I was so emotionally exhausted all the time. And, and those didn't come because when you're, again, going for that last five pounds of weight loss or those going from from level three to level four it's harder and they don't come every day like they did before and so that was something and and looking back I did tell people I was like that was something I severely underestimated was how much of a mental toll that would take on me um and so yeah so it was What, what did you start what have you started doing and and are continuing to do to um help yourself kind of plant the new seeds i would like to say of um of your your self-worth so because you you were saying that a lot of times um sometimes your your self-worth would not be there and because of the 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 divorce and and that horrible lady saying those horrible things (laughs) that are just not in any i don't think anybody should especially like that's not that that she was so way out of her her job description by saying that that that's just it's mind-boggling that nothing had come of that like in and out of itself but how how did you how did you start weeding out those types of thoughts those emotions and start planting new new positive healthy ones and how are you still watering them so, um, writing things down, um, there are days I have to write it down. Um, there are days I have to call people and talk it out. Um, and there are, 
you know, there are still days that that, that lack of self-worth and, and uh, love come creeping it back in. But for the most part now, I think um, even just acknowledging it to myself. So, like, I've started to reframe my um, speech around a lot of things with I'm not like, I got a gold star today, but in I'm really proud of my effort today. Or acknowledging the things and, and like, wow, like, yes, like, I crushed this today. Or, like, yeah, I feel like I had a good day. Um, or, like, on days that I did, was super productive. I'm like, yeah, like, man, like, I really got after it today. And on days when I'm not as productive and, like, that seems to be the time that, like, bothers me a little bit more with self-worth, going back and being like, hey, like, yeah, today was an off day, but that's okay. Like, I'm still here, and I'm doing the best I can. And so I think for me, that's been a big thing, is is acknowledging that I'm doing the best I can. Um, And, and that is, it, that language is like, okay, then that's fine. Like, that's all we can, we can do. Um, And, and speaking to the times when, like, if I'm having a day where I'm just like, ugh. Oh, nothing's right today. I feel squishy and blah, 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 blah. And then reframing yeah. that and being like, okay, you may feel it, but like, let's look at the facts here. Okay. Or like, let's talk about what this actually is or where is this coming from? Like, is it because you couldn't control things? And so now there's this is a downward spiral of self worth, then okay. Like, okay, so now we've named it, and now we can acknowledge it. And when you can acknowledge what you're going through, like, is this the shame shit show? Or is this, like, okay, yes. like, what is this going on? Okay, then if I can do that, then I can I can deal with it, and I can fix it, and I can talk to the people I need to about it so that I can come out of it. Um, yes. And so that is, that is how I'm currently, some days it's writing it down on a post-it note and sticking it on a mirror. Some days it's calling somebody and being like, here's where I am right now. Here's how I feel. And I know it's a feeling and feelings aren't necessarily true. So like, this is, I just, but I just need to tell you this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and then move on. And then other days it's, hey, like, okay, like, I'm proud of you, Amanda. Like, Amanda, yeah. I am proud of Amanda today. And, yeah. and that's where a lot of it comes from is like, um, not looking for other people's approval, like, and, and sometimes that's weighing my decisions and my judgments too of like, did I act, um, out of like, what will other people want from me? Or did I act out of what I wanted to be? And so, and that's been a big thing for me as well. Um, and so, and I, and I find just a lot of power in writing things down or speaking them out and being able to be vulnerable with, with the people who you can trust and say like, okay, like today I'm not okay. And if, yeah. and if I'm left to my own devices today, I will spiral out of control. Yeah. Um, and, and I've got that history of, of eating disorder and, and all this stuff. And so having people I can name that with and check in with during quarantine, like, cause some people eat overeat during quarantine. Yeah. And then there's those of us who are like, Ooh, we can control this and we under eat during quarantine. Yes. Um, and so like, and naming that and, and being around people who are like virtually or connected who are checking in, who I trust, who are not judging, who are saying, Hey, are you okay? And yeah. that is, that is a big thing for me. 
now too is that like I have found people in my life who I can share my struggles with who are not going to judge me or say or condemn my character and that's been a big thing for me too is getting rid of people who are like well that's dumb you shouldn't think like that and I'm like yeah but you don't understand but I do think like this or like yes but I know this is not the correct way to think but you telling me that it's dumb or that I'm dumb for thinking that way does not serve me. So, like, unless yeah. you're willing to help me unpack it, bye. Like, bye. We, will, yes. we will no longer be talking about this anymore. And that yes. has been super helpful as well. And so, I guess if I was going to leave people with, like, hey, like, ways, like, my top three tips of, like, getting better and growing during quarantine and like, and then also dealing with your, your stuff. And, 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 um, it would be, you know, write it down, find the people you can talk to, but the people who you can talk to and be vulnerable and them just be there and ask you the tough questions back. Um, because if people like just write you off or like, Oh, that's silly. You should never think like that. Or like, what do you mean? Like, you don't like, you you don't feel like fit today. Like, of course you're right. Like you just, you just bike for three and a half hours. Like that's dumb. And I'm like, yeah. well, you saying that's dumb doesn't help me. So this is not a conversation I'm willing to have with you. Um, yeah. and then just the, sometimes it's just saying like your, I am statements, like I am proud of myself and I am worthy and I am enough. And none of us know what the heck we're doing in a pandemic because we've never done this before. So it's okay. Yeah. Like we're just going to show up like it is. And so those are my, my three steps to people. Like people are asking me like, what can I do right now? I'm like, this is what you can do. Like, and yeah. this is how you can start working on that self-esteem and self-worth and all of that. And these are the things I've done and, and give yourself permission to, to feel like, Acknowledge the days you're not having a good day and then move on. Or like, and and that's okay. Like there are days I wake up and I'm like, I know it's not going to be a good day today. Like this is how it goes. And then I move on. Um, and, and so I think that's super important too. A hundred percent. Um, I want to get, I want to get back to, um, your, the, the Iron Man race because, That happened. I just, there's a lot to an Ironman. Like a triathlon is no joke. So how, how did you show up on like, to me, that would be right now the biggest race of your race, all of your races. Yeah. How did you manage, like, how did you get yourself to show up? So like you were third, you said in like your age group of women, like, how did you show up in the midst of all of this? Like you were just finalizing your divorce or you were in the midst of it or it just happened. Like, how did you manage to show up on such a huge, like, this is asking pretty much everything of you, mind, body, soul, like it's asking you to show up. So how did you, how did you get your mind right? Such a big day. Um, I surrounded myself with the people who I knew were my biggest supporters. My family was there. Um, friends of mine were there, um, which is awesome. And ironically, like that day, I just like, I felt good. Like I was like, it, my morning was a little chaotic. Like I forgot a bag. I did like, it was just like one of those things. And I was like panicking a little. And finally, like one of my friends was just, like, you got this. Like, just chill. Like, it's good. 
And once I get into the race, I'm usually okay. And I didn't, I didn't have my best day. Like it was not the day. And I just kept telling myself, like, it's probably not going to get any worse. Right. So like, you can only get better. Like you can only start to feel better. Um, and, and around mile six of the run. So for just a quick, if people don't know, uh, an Ironman is 140.6 miles. So 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a marathon at the end of that, mile six. So when you still have 20 more miles to run, uh, one of my friends was there and slapped me on the back and was just like, hey, it doesn't matter how you feel. Like, it's not supposed to feel good. And I was like, well, I prefer that I feel better than I do now. <laughs> and he's like, are you going to quit? And I was like, no, like, I don't quit. And he's like, right. So, like, you just tell yourself this whole time, it's one foot in front of the other, and you're not going to quit. And I was like, okay, like, that's it. And and I did, like, I mean, it was the longest mile of the end of the race that I think I've ever had, like, and, but I had been told that, right? Like, I had talked yeah. to people who had done the race, and I'm like, look, the last mile feels like the longest mile ever, and I don't know why it is, but in Hawaii, it always feels like the longest <laughs> mile, and sure enough, it sure does. Um, But, you know, knowing that I had people there who, who did believe in me, and who were there cheering me on, like, for no other reason than like they supported me and like that's what it brought me back to was like when I knew like people were wearing my shirt at home and people had sent me pictures and they were going to be watching all day and I was like that's like that's why I do this like because yeah you I'm not saying like you have to go do an Ironman like you probably shouldn't want to right like we're crazy <laughs> um but at the same time like you like but you everybody has an iron man in their life right yes. like like that's their iron man so for me it's an actual iron man race but like everybody's got something that yes. they want to do and they want to accomplish and i was like not giving up and i made it known after the fact like yeah not my best day like yeah i finished third in the u.s in my age group for women but like I, I we thought I could do better like but it, it wasn't in the cards that day and like that's also the pain and glory of Iron Man is like you never know like what could happen out there um and so but like I didn't quit and I got to finish the race and I got to cross that finish line and like and How I did that people, feel incredibly awful but incredible like I mean you're just like oh everything is hurts and I'm dying but at the same time like this is incredible and being <laughs> part of something like that um and I tell people like it's the finish line right like it's the finish line that gets you to come back and and I was like and for me it's the journey along the way as well like I've healed a lot I've uh I've grown through training I have healed during training I have celebrated during training I have cried I have fallen I have gotten back up and that's Iron Man like I equate Iron Man a lot to life and so and I tell people all the time I'm like yeah like you might not be going to do an Iron Man but like what do you want to do you want to go run a 5k great like I hope that me being like inspiring you with my goals and completing my goals and showing up inspires you to do your thing whatever that happens to be you want to lose 10 pounds then lose 10 pounds like here you go like that's if that's your thing you want to show up as a better wife mother girlfriend father husband whatever it happens to be like then if that's your goal then do it like and show up and be consistent and crush it and like 
And I think that that for me is why I love Ironman racing so much is like, it's not so much the race. Like if you talk to any of my teammates or my coach, like, and you say like, Hey, Amanda, like in training, like, Oh, but it's race day. And they will all tell you, I hate race day. Like I don't actually even love racing. I love the training and I love the grind of it. And I love what I've learned about myself and what like I learn as a person through the training. And that's, like, yes, the finish line is incredible and like no other and um and realizing you just did something in one day that like most people don't do in an entire week. Crazy. But yes. it's it for me it's the process. And when people didn't tell me like, Hey, we saw you're doing a hundred days of running for your training, so like we're gonna do a hundred days of getting in a three mile walk. Like, because that's what we're doing. I'm like, That's awesome. Like you don't even know Perfect. like that helped me go out for my run today because like that gives purpose to what I do. Um, and so, yeah, so I think, you know, race day for me, I like, I don't even love race day, but showing up, it's just like, I showed up on that day with such peace in my heart. Um, that like everything over the past year, like, even if I wasn't complacent with how I was doing and this, that, and the other, I showed up with peace in my heart that I made the right decision and that I was on the right path, and that I was surrounded by only the people who love me. And to me, like, that's incredible. And yeah. so I did, like, I I loved the swim. Like, it was, that was for me, which is not usually my favorite thing, but of, of that race, like, the swim was my favorite that day. And, um, and so, and, and once you're out there, it's just like, you're around professionals, and you're around people who have crazy stories and you're around people who are racing with cancer and who like all this stuff that you're just like it's wow. humbling like and you're and you're you're part of the best of the best in the world and, and that's another thing that's just like this is like at, at some point in time I did just have to like stop and take it in and breathe and be like wow like yeah like I'm, I'm here. here and and more importantly for me like I earned this and I belong because yeah. that's a, that was a big thing for me this worthiness and belonging like I don't deserve this I don't and I was like yeah you do like you yeah. deserve to be here you belong here so it's time to race like you're here yeah so I love that you just that you just said the word belonging because it kind of really it, it wraps up a lot of like our conversation today as well as like just belonging in within yourself in all that you're doing, just showing up, just belong to yourself and, and show up no matter if it's your hundred percent or not. So like you said, some days you show up and you give your hundred percent, but you know that that hundred percent was not real really your 100% because you know what you are capable of doing but you showed up so I love that that's yeah belonging just belong to yourself belong to your journey show up unbrick those walls take down those walls put up bricks of transparency and just allow yourself to just be okay and not be okay like that's like this whole conversation, I'm just loving. I'm loving the whole thing. <laughs> I don't want, um, I don't want to, because I know you like still have training. I know you want to get outside. 
do you still have a little bit of time, or would you like to wrap some things up? I've still got a little bit of time. I've probably got like 10, 15 minutes left. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So, with, um, with all of it, um, you coach a lot of people. Like, you have, you treat, like, you coach triathlon, like, kids, right, I believe? Yep. Um, and, and all of your master training. Um, how, I want to kind of get into, we talked about your mindset and, and your training. How do you keep, um, a routine with, let's go back to before quarantine days where you were legitimately, you were all over the place, like training in town, out of town, traveling. How did you keep a routine? Like, how did you set a routine up and how did you keep like your body nourished, um, like throughout the time? Um, I mean, with all the travel, so my, my top secret for people who are traveling and on the road is wherever you go, find like a Whole Foods or a grocery store like that. Ironically, there's no Whole Foods in Alaska. So I went to Super Walmart. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but like I go to the grocery store and, and I buy my food for the time so I can very much control what I'm eating. Um, and I have plenty of snacks. It's actually the cheapest way to go about it. If you have to eat out at every meal, it's not super cost effective. So you end up like, for me, that's just not enough food. Um, yeah. So I just go to the grocery store and I buy snacks and I buy healthy food. And, you know, sometimes it looks kind of weird and, and like odd meals. Like I often buy like pre hard boiled eggs and hummus and, lunch meat or different things to get enough protein in uh, and some fruit and and like granola or something like that usually it's very calorie dense food because in an eight hour day of training I'm also eating a lot so I don't want a lot of food that's like rolling around in my stomach Um, but so that's that's essentially how it is and then it's it's really just a matter of scheduling it out like I I do thrive off the schedule and the plan, and so I make a plan, and I go to the grocery store, I get my food, I, I've got travel plans done, I, you know, I can control that when I'm in a hotel room of going to bed and getting everything, like, on target and not just wasting time, um, and then go from there. So, that's essentially, now, was I perfect at it? No. Do I find, like, if I get home after flying... I'm usually a little dehydrated, 100%. Um, but I, you know, I I take some some like zinc and vitamin C supplements to keep me healthy while I'm flying. I try and get in as much hydration as possible, and like there, some of that is also just like I'm doing the best I can. Um, okay. And but I uh, I meal prep on Mondays so that I've got food already set for the week. Um, and, and cooked at least in terms of like my vegetables are chopped and cooked so I can add them to a salad or to an egg scramble or like different stir fry, whatever it happens to be. So it just saves on time. Um, and that, that's really beneficial to me as well, because there's just not a lot of extra wiggle room time in my schedule. And so anything I can do to, to simplify, um, cooking prep or, travel time or whatever is is uh i try and very much simplify that get that extra time down um yeah um one other thing um because you do and i i love watching because i believe it's yearly um you do dance like you you do a dance with somebody a dancing with the doctors yes yes doc 
Um, talk a little bit about that. That's fun. That's fun. How do you get like how how did that come about and like how do you get that into your training as well? Like that was crazy. So I'm actually not doing it anymore because I'm not in Ohio. Um, okay. So an Ohio thing, but yeah. So my um, small little town. Super kudos to them in Marietta, Ohio. Um, would raise like between like fifty to seventy five thousand dollars every year for Ronald McDonald House charities. So it was for the kids, which is how they talked me into it. Because they're wow. like, but Amanda, it's for the children. And I was like, oh, okay, kids. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I don't Zumba, I don't dance, I do boot camp and push ups and squats really well, and I can make them look very pretty. But that's it. Any flowy movements, any shaking, I don't do. And I don't do it well. So I had um, done some work kind of behind the scenes the first year we ran this fundraiser. And then the second year, they asked me to be one of the dance instructors. And I was like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> um, but the person who ran it, super great person, super great friend of mine, and was like, come on, like, you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. Uh, and it's a year away, right? So, like, you can sign up for anything in a year in advance and not think about it. And then it was time to do this, and I realized, like, I have to mix music, come up with a dance, and then perform it live in front oh. of a full theater. And I, it was honestly the scariest thing I had ever done. Um, and, it, like, if people ask me all the time, like, Iron Man, I'm like, I would do an Iron Man any day before I would do that, <laughs> um, 100%. But, um, so, like, A, it's for charity, it's for a great cause, and it ends up being a lot of fun. Um, and and everybody laughs and like everybody just respects people's effort on there too it was something super out of my comfort zone and i felt like it was a good stretch for me as an individual um and three and i think this is really important for fitness professionals it reminded me what my clients feel like coming to me um and so i'm in and out of gyms across the country i'm very comfortable in a gym setting i'm comfortable in a weight room i'm comfortable around exercise equipment it does not bother me it does not scare me uh, uh speaking in front of other trainers doesn't really bother me like there's just it it it's part of my life now and it's very normal yeah. to me um and i forget that like for most people, coming to a trainer is the most vulnerable thing they'll ever do. And it's scary yeah. and intimidating. And they're coming to you essentially because they have failed in some yeah. aspect, right? In their health, in their appearance, and I'll use failed in quotes because, like, it's just a different part of the journey and one that might need some extra work. But, like, yeah. they're in their mind, they couldn't help themselves, and so they're coming to you. And yeah. that's really scary for most people and I forget that because I'm in the gym all the time I'm like just come to the gym nobody is watching you it's fine um and then I realized when I stood on that stage with the curtain closed and I realized that there were a thousand people whose eyes were going to be on me and I was out of my comfort zone and I wanted to die and melt into the floor um i realized that's what most people feel like and i also realized how important cheering and support system was because i remember the first year i did it standing behind that curtain 
and they they talk about your bio and I was like I mean I had forgotten all my moves I was like oh my gosh I don't even remember what my name is and all of a sudden the announcer said my doctor's name um the partner who I was dancing with said his name and then said my name and when he said my name all I heard was the audience just explode in cheering and that's all I had asked for was for my people who were coming to just cheer and I was like all I need to know is that you guys are there that's it and when I heard that I looked at him and I was like well let's do this and then like and it all came back and like everything and I was like oh so professionally I need to remember that this is people's most vulnerable moment but I also need to remember that I'm their biggest cheerleader and how much cheering on from the sidelines matters. And yeah. and that, that's part of our job. And so, like, and I've said, like, to me, like, when, pe- when I heard that cheering, I was just like, oh, that's right. And, like, cheering for somebody is super important. And so, and so it helped me a lot. And so I did it um, three years total. And now I don't live there anymore, so I can't do it. Um, in that capacity but it it was huge and it was it was it was something that I wasn't good at that I did and I like was like this is really cool like and it raised money and it was for a good cause and it was fun yeah. and it made me be goofy and not care and like and it, yeah. was, it was super great so um Amazing. yeah so I, I think there's a lot of benefit in that and overcoming uh, your comfort zone and getting outside of that and, and reminding yourself, like, again, from a professional aspect for me, like, it helped me relate to my clients more than I think anything else could have. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Well, I'm sad that I, I won't be seeing any of your funny posts because I love those posts, but I'm sure you will find some other thing that you will immerse yourself in that I will love to watch. Um, I have just a couple of things. What's next for you? So what are you doing now throughout the uh, the pandemic um, to get yourself? Like, what's next when this kind of flows over? Like, are your races postponed? Or are they canceled? Do you not know what's happening at all? Like, what's going on? All of the above. So some have been canceled. Um, some we're kind of waiting to hear on. We think they're going to be canceled. And then hopefully by this fall, um, my main races will be able to go on. But again, I'm right now, like I'm just training. (laughs) So with hopes that when we can get back in, I'll be ready. Um, So training wise, it's kind of for me, like business as usual. I swim, bike, run and, uh, and swim a little, a little bit less than normal, but it's okay. And then, um, so that's as Amanda, as the triathlete, I'm still coaching, um, being creative, trying to come up with ways to help people through quarantine, um, yeah. in terms of triathlon coaching because there aren't races right now. And so people like giving them challenges and helping them just, I think it's helping a lot of us stay sane. And so that's, that's important. Um, professionally, I've got a few different online training programs in the works, uh, like that you could purchase in the the coming future. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm working on kind of being more doing some some virtual training with people, more as like a uh, motivation mentor and like really helping them uh, change like lifestyles and performance. So I'm working on developing a program for that so that. Um, 
you know, I'll only take on like a very limited number of clients in that aspect for a year. And so it's more of like a brush mentorship, but not that I want you to be another me because the the world does not need another me, but like finding your best self. Um, And so working on that, um, writing a book. So who knows when that will be finished or not finished, but working on that. Um, And then my website got rebranded with my name and an upgrade. So that is almost done. I have a few things to add to that, but that's coming out soon. It's kind of already a little bit already out there, but it'll be officially released hopefully by the end of quarantine. So, uh, so yeah, so those are kind of my, my next steps. Perfect. That's amazing. Where can my listeners, where can my listeners find you? So, um, online at the unfinished website, which is live, but just not kind of put out there yet. It's, um, www.theamandabrush.com. Super simple. Um, and, uh, on Instagram as Amanda Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E underscore fit, F-I-T-T. Um, and on Facebook as either Amanda Lynn or Amanda Lynn Brush. So. Those are my those are my main uh main points of of promotion. I am a big fan of Instagram, so I will say if you are looking for uh content every day or almost every day or sometimes twice a day, uh that is where you can find me and I do most of my interaction on Instagram. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. I absolutely love catching up with you. Thank you for for showing up um, today and, and allowing people to see all sides of you and really just being transparent with the journey that you have been on since the last time we talked. Um, thank you so much for not only that, but for continuing the being such a, a light and support and, and powerhouse for the entire world. It is definitely needed. It is definitely felt. And uh, I just want to say thank you for that. And please continue to do so because you are an extreme powerhouse. And I just love your energy and the world needs to, to continuously feel it. Um, my final question for you, because it probably has maybe shifted a little bit, is what is your perspective on positivity? Whew, uh, we're going to need another hour for that one. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, for my perspective on positivity, um, just requires that daily, like, I think even just like a perspective shift, right? Like, so there are some days, like, I can find something positive in every day. It just requires that shift in perspective. Um, and so, for me, like, whether it's, like, yeah, having my moment in coronavirus quarantine where I'm, like, this is the worst, this is awful, <laughs> and then taking time back to to realize, like, maybe this was the best thing for me, like, and what can I get out of this, and, and in everything, um, like, I have a choice, like, I can't control my, my circumstances around me, but I can control how I react to them, and so for me, that is that's the that's the main thing of positivity right it's like like yeah i can only control how i respond so i have a choice 
and negativity breeds negativity, positivity breeds positivity. And so um, I I think the more that you can shift your perspective and find the good in things, for, and for me, that's what I've really been trying to do is like, okay, that yes, this sucks and it's awful and this is like, but like, what's the, what's the positive in this? Like, what's the good in this? I mean, I've gotten more sleep in quarantine than I've ever gotten in my life. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> um, so there, there is always some good in every circumstance. And it just is a matter of being the person who can find it. And so that's positivity for me. I like that. I like that. Well, thank you so very much um, for your time. Have an excellent uh, time training. Um, what do you got today? What are you, are you doing all three or what do you got to do today? Uh, no, I've got, um, I did my bike read before this. So I had an easy bike. So I have a, uh, nah, just a, like a short little run that I'm going to go on, and then I'm going to do some strength work tonight, too. Nice. And uh, nice. more for my people in my program for tomorrow. So not too crazy. It was just a typical Friday night in quarantine, and uh, it'll be good. Awesome. Well, you enjoy and have an excellent rest of your day. Thank, Thank you once you. again for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Well, there you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you took away some sort of insight, information, inspiration, knowledge that you can take and utilize and implement into your own life. If you guys liked today's episode, please like share, comment, leave a review. It truly does help. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen in. And now it is time to go out, do something positive and be positive.